In this episode of my podcast, Relentless Life on Your Terms, Season 2, Episode 13, I sit down with Kylie Jasinski, who's the founder and CEO of Prime Recruitment and Consulting. She's been in recruiting for over 15 years, and some of her accomplishments include billing over $1 million, not once, but twice during her journey. We talk about the importance of relational capital and having the right relationships to placing the right people in the right firm to get the right outcomes. Remember, if you like my content, subscribe, like, and share. Thank you. Now, welcome to my podcast, Renderless Life on Your Terms. I'm joined with Kylie Jasinski. How are you? I'm very well, Chris. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much for joining us. And for all of our listeners, Kylie, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about your journey. Yeah, sure. Um, my my journey commenced in in real estate um, many moons ago. I had the um, the privilege of selling homes in Williamstown, so a very beautiful part of the world. And uh, five years in in real estate really taught me the value of relationships. And I suppose being involved in the biggest transaction for for people um, in terms of embarking on a, an investment or, or buying their first home was you know really rewarding. So, you know, a good solid five years of learning how to sell, build relationships, um, took my career to the next journey, which, which led me into recruitment and, and recruitment uh, was something that sort of fell into my lap um, through a past colleague. He, he made a call one day and said, look, you know, real estate's great. I've been there and done that, but I think you'd be good in a business to business world. Um, come and have a, a sit down and chat about recruitment. So, Look, I did that and, um, you know, 15 years later, um, I'm still very passionate about the recruitment industry and, again, being involved in people's lives, you know, whether it was a transaction, um, buying a home or investment property, now my involvement is with people's careers and businesses' growth and really being able to um, marry that up with talent um, going into organisations and organisations being able to thrive um, through people using their skills and experience. And as I said, combining that with property and construction, um, a personal passion through my own developments, but also a passion for the industry and talent in the industry um, has yeah, sustained my successful career in recruitment. Now, I love what you said there. And I, I think it's so important, Colin. I rebuilt my career on the back of relationships and relational capital is so important, whether you're in business or whether as like yourself in recruitment, and it's a skill that's transferable, I think, in any industry. When you can build good relationships, and we're talking about building property or building, getting someone placed in a certain career, you're talking about such a monumental decision in someone's life. Now, you touched on it too, the biggest financial decision people make. Now, when I ask people, what's the one biggest transaction you make in your lifetime? People always say, my house and my mortgage. I always say, it's probably your retirement. It's about 1.5 million. Like, I've never seen it that way. But whichever way you look at it, your retirement, if you look at your retirement debt, 1.2 million per person, 2.4 million for a couple, it's in almost every case bigger than your own home. But whichever way you look at it, your own home is a monumental decision. So dealing with the right person is so important. Now, being in recruitment for 15 years is no mean feat in starting your own business. Now, we spoke to something off air, which is a huge achievement. You said you've built over a million dollars in a calendar year for a business, not once, but twice. Tell me about that. Yeah, what, um, when I first started out in recruitment, I was um, very much around some very successful women in the industry who taught me um, a lot about, again, relationships, um, working with pace, 
you know, there was there was the commercial element of recruitment and I was a temp recruiter at that time. So placing temps into investment banking, accounting firms, professional services was, um, you know, it was really, it was exciting, but it was, it was fast. It was, you know, a lot of energy, um, a lot of commercial, you know, calculations and, and working with people and hustling and bustling um, temps out into roles. So, you know, after a couple of years, as I said, being surrounded by the right people and building the right relationships, I was able to, to build a book of temps out in, in their roles in the industry um, that basically led to, you know, a number of, um, of really sort of high volume transactions with businesses um, that all come down to having the right people in the right jobs at the right time. So again, you know, a lot of drive, determination, hard work, blood, sweat and tears, sitting in the trenches, working with my clients on, on building out their numbers to get through workflow. Um, meant that I was able to to um, to bill um, for PKL that was just over just under 1.1 mil in in that particular year, and then changing into the next business, Judd Farris become more um, perm recruitment. So again, it's um, a longer process, um, still high volume, but you know after sort of year three in that business, I was able to to bill again just under 1.1 um, in a calendar year. So. Incredible. That's incredible. But like you mentioned before, have someone's trust to be able to play such a high, high, high paying job or such a big career is huge. Let me ask you, in recruiting, what do you what are the key attributes you look for when you're trying to place someone in into an organization? What are the key attributes you're looking for as a recruiter? So if you look at it, obviously, from two angles. So if you're when you're obviously speaking with candidates in terms of, you know, being able to place them in the right the right home, the right career, the right job, the right project. You know, I suppose it, it's obviously being curious and intuitive about understanding their drivers, their skills, their abilities. Um, the, other, the other piece of work is obviously understanding the client's organisation, the strategy, the culture, um, the vision, the values. So it's, it's really understanding and getting into the depths of, um, you know, the candidate and the client and ultimately, you know, making, making that match. So, um, as I said, being curious and intuitive is, um, is really important. I've got a question for you. What do you say for the people that actually say, I don't need a recruit, I can do it myself? Okay, let's think about the time that you would have to invest in deepening a network. So I suppose the 15 years experience I bring is 15 years of connections each and every day, building relationships with candidates in the market, understanding, as I said, their experience, their skills, their drivers. So, you know, Chris, if you were to go out to market and, you know, if I was to ask you, um, tell me, your, what, what is your knowledge? What are your connections? What are your relationships with the top five sales consultants in the industry? You know, could you tell me exactly who they are, what they're all about, um, what their value is? Would they fit your organisation? So I suppose without having that depth of network or knowing that detail is where a recruiter really comes into play to be able to assess that, qualify that and bring the top talent to the table in a short period of time to effectively, you know, help you and your business move forward with the right people. And I guess, I guess, in the further, further to your point there, what's the cost of, of, of not getting the right recruit, of getting the right person in your business too? And obviously, you do save time, but you can obviously vet them because all recruiters aren't created equal, like all mortgage brokers, all agents. So yeah. finding a good one so important. Now I've had experience with some, some good, some not so good. 
but obviously the time they can save. I've got businesses, very big businesses, they only use recruiters. I've got other businesses, they just won't use a recruiter because they want to do it themselves. Yeah. So, so tell us a bit about the cost of finding the wrong employee. What difference does that make to a business and why, why, why is a recruiter so important for a business to actually use someone? There's networking, there's time. What do you see as the biggest error people make when not using a real recruiter? Well, you know, making a, a bad hiring decision um, is somewhat, you know, you, you find out that there could be the wrong hire, whether it be week one, month one, you wouldn't see it go anything longer than, than three months or six months ultimately. But, you know, the cost of that is obviously um, making the the wrong decision in the end. Um, but what that has cost you is whether it's been two weeks, four weeks or six weeks to ultimately find the, the right person, what you think is right at the time. Um, the, the brand, you know, if you're putting your brand out there in the marketplace, seeking people, um, again, what does that look like if you have to go back out to market again for a replacement? Um, furthermore, I suppose, you know, sometimes the uncontrollable damage that a bad hire can make in the business to your culture, um, to your turnover, you know, it could be a ripple effect into your clients um, amongst your advisors. So, Again, you know, it is about finding a trusted recruiter um, that understands your business, your people, what you're looking for and how to make that match. Do you think a specialist recruiter um, will always do a better job than one that generalises in many fields? So one that specialises in property finance as opposed to one that specialises in all fields? It needs to come down to the individual, I believe. So, yes, there are multidisciplined um, recruitment firms in the marketplace and, you know, my advice is obviously to go to the recruiter who knows the market, whether that, and generally they are niche. So it's the agency that can be very broad and multidisciplined, but drilling down into the recruiter um, is where the qualifying questions and understanding, you know, how they work, their processes, their ethics, their network, um, you know, their return on the investment ultimately. So it does come down to the individual recruiter and generally you will find that they are a niche specialist whether that be short-term placements, long-term construction, engineering, manufacturing, comes down to the individual. And also I say too, it takes six to 12 months for a, a new placement or a new hire for them to become neutrally cost-effective because by the time you hire them, the time you invest in them, the resources that they use, they're not going to become cost-effective or profitable to the business for maybe six to 12 months. Would that be about an accurate time frame? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, if they're, if certainly if they're on a commission or a bonus or, you know, again, um, a KPI um, framework, well then, yeah, you are going to assess, you know, the, the, um, the upskilling time, the, the time it's going to cost them to cover their desk or the expense as such. So most definitely. Um, yeah. So it does, I think it depends on the industry. Uh, let's say if, if a project manager was going into an organization straight into a project, again, you know, there's going to be measures to make sure that they're achieving budget, time, quality. So um, most definitely, you know, as I said, fitting in with the people in the organization can take a week or, or six months, but yeah, I think in terms of seeing a return on their productivity, their efficiencies, it, it can take six months to 12 months. It's about and obviously the cost of getting it wrong is so expensive. You mentioned yeah. brand reputation. You mentioned time, whether that be resources from using your managers to train them. Also cost of productivity. Now, we've gone through a big recruitment phase at the moment. We've just put on about 10 new people and we're looking for another four. And it is a disruption to a business because it's so many things to consider, whether it be onboarding, whether it be training, whether it be 
time it takes away from other things. So I think it's so important. Now, I've got to ask you, Connie, now I know you do property development on the side as well. So that actually facilitates. What made someone that's property developing, that's making money, that's billing a million dollars say, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur now and start their own uh, agency. What made you do that? Okay, throw two kids in the mix. Um, to be honest with you, flexibility. Uh, I, I really needed some flexibility um, amongst all, you know, having wearing many hats, whether it be mom, property developer, recruiter, you know, business owner. From what it, what it meant for me was just giving me that flexibility to um, to give me the, I suppose, the, the ability to, to really sort of take my experience to market as well and, and do that with quality. Um, I want to build this business, you know, with the best people in the market. So, you know, I'm in the driver's seat for that. And as I said, flexibility is, um, is really important. My, um, you know, to manage my home life, the developments and, and also business. I love that. And I always say, lead, everything begins and falls with leadership. Mm. And being an entrepreneurial business owner, you can always reflect back to yourself when things go wrong. You can yes. also say, what can I do better? So I love that. But a lot of people that are earning great money that have side hustles or side ventures like developing, which I know you've done successfully as well, that are making money, don't want to expose themselves to that element of risk. And I remember I had a great entrepreneur on my show and he goes, an entrepreneur is someone who works 80 hours a week because he doesn't want to work 40 hours a week for somebody else. Exactly. So when you said flexibility, I think... Uh, in some cases, but when you think of how hard you've got to work now, even though you might not be manually working, your mind when you're an entrepreneur never, ever stops. That's right. Yeah, it does. And as I look at the, the steps in my career from being, you know, being, I suppose, the wanting to be the best recruiter in my market and then taking that experience to a startup before I started my business was about having, again, the right people around me and the right experience greater than me or different than me. And for two and a half years with Future You, I really had the right, the right team, the right supporters, the right promoters, the right knowledge around me. And taking all of that and absorbing all of that in, I stood back one day and thought, you know, I've, I, I feel um, confident enough in, in my decisions to become a business owner because of the people that I've, I've had around me and, and how much I've been curious in how they've done it, right or wrong. Um, you know, the ups and downs. And, and as I said, just combine that flexibility now with all the, the knowledge that I have from other business owners um, set me on the path to where I am right now. Well, look, um, Kylie, what you've done is remarkable, obviously, in all fields, but they've then gone the entrepreneurial journey. I know you've now signed up to a great networking club that I'm a member of, which is Cub. Yes. It's, a great, it's a great place. We meet a lot of great people like yourself, and I'm always around there too, so I look forward to chatting with you further. Um, now, are you ready for the quick fire questions, Kylie? Go for it. All right. Let me get my document. You can answer, you can say pass, whatever you like. All right. Now, do you have any pets? Two dogs, Dexter and Kobe. What's your favorite color? Blue. Such a common, my favorite color is blue, but everyone's saying blue now. I'm thinking, do I have to change my color now? 70% of people are saying blue. Do you know that every color like means something? No, what's that? The healing color, actually. There's a lot of elements. So if you look up what each color means and how it makes you feel the energy, a lot of people are drawn to blue. There you go. What's your favorite TV show? Friends. It's an absolute classic and an easy watch and just puts life into perspective sometimes. But you prefer Seinfeld, do yeah? No, no, no. Friends. <laughs> now, iPhone or Android? 
iPhone. That's okay. That's there. We've got one there. Who was your role model growing up? Oh, my role model. Um, Ida Butrose. Who's, describe yourself in three words as a teenager. Happy, fun, driven. I love it. Now, one item that if you left the house, you couldn't leave without, besides your phone. Oh, my, the largest handbag that I own, because it's full of everything I need. <laughs> Not everything, all right. Now, give me one thing that annoys you the most, a pet peeve. Rude, rude people. This morning I was trying to turn left in a very busy street and I was honked at. I couldn't believe it. Sort of like, this is how you want to start your day. You want to be rude and kick me out of the, you know, kick me off the street. That's okay. You can, you can control that, but I won't stand for it. <laughs> Mention names of someone very close to me is a honker. I'm an anti-honker because yeah. I think energy, I don't want to upset people and make think all, I'm, I'm 100% with you there. Anti-honker. Totally. For those who are listening, I know who you, you know who you are. You're a honker anyway, bad. Now, one last meal, what would you eat? Oh, pierogi, which is a, a Polish, a, like a Polish um, dim sim. Pierogi, I've never even heard of it. Okay, mm -hmm. if your house was on fire and you ran back in to get two things, assuming your family's out, James, your kids are out, your dogs are out, what are you getting? What are your two things? Oh, let's hope the dogs are out. They'd be probably the ones in the corner fretting, saying, Mum, save me. Uh, oh, family photos. Um, I know where all the albums are. They're sort of stacked so that I could pull the box out and run. Um, and my jewellery. Name one book that's influenced you positively that you've read. Uh, pass. I'm reading one at the moment. I just can't remember the name of it. There's Maybe. one very... It's it's a good one. It's called Your Path to Wealth Brick by Brick. It's a very okay. good one. I highly recommend it. Okay. Author Chris Christoffi. <laughs> um, which you'll get a copy of for being on my show. Fantastic. Um, who would play you in a movie of your life? Okay. Movie of my life. Yep. Story of your life. Which actress? I'm sort of thinking a bit of a, a comedy. Maybe Cameron Diaz. And a bit of a comedy slant. It's funny and pretty cool. Yeah. Now, any tattoos? No. Best gift you've ever received? My children. Love it. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Uh, superpower. Oh, I'm feeling. I'm feeling maybe energy. How do we? How do we turn that superpower? So. Yeah, it's energy. I, I, I bring energy. I feel I wake up with energy and I feel I go to sleep with energy. So if I was to, I don't know, project any energy onto other people, that would probably be be my superpower. I'm going to share something with you. Will I am mm. energetic and I saw a podcast on him so, or a, whatever is a documentary. And I said, where do you get your energy from? He goes, I don't get energy. I am energy. Yeah. That really resonated with me. And it's kind of what you said. He doesn't get it from anyone because if you get it from someone, it means you can give it away. Or he said, I am that energy, which I love that. Now, if you weren't working in recruiting or developing, what career would you be? What would you do? You no, know, put again, put two and two together. I I would love to be on a construction site. Like I'd love to be a project manager on a construction site with a builder. 
I could really see, um, yeah, I could, I could just see myself. Which is why you I, love, why you love developing. Those roles. And I, you know, I'm just very, very passionate about, you know, how people use their, their knowledge and abilities to, to build buildings. It's, yeah. I always, I always love architecture. It's always been something of mine. I love, I'm in real estate, but I've always wanted to build and develop because I always, when I go overseas and I see the beautiful old buildings, I walk around London and I just go to my wife. I just could walk around all day and just look at these things. They're beautiful. Now, when you started your career, what was one of the hardest things that you learned? Patience. And when I, when I say patience, um, no, I, I was quite patient when I was um, starting my career, I think, because I would just, yeah, I, I've learned patience over time as well. Um, so that's definitely one thing. And even through, you know, the, the pandemic as we're experiencing at the moment, you know, just sort of sitting back and, and having patience, not everything can be in your control. You can have the measures to create control, but some things just aren't controllable. But if you have patience, you can reflect on how I can sort of steer around this, how I can get through this, how I can get over this. And I think it's been really key, you know, and especially having children, you know, you have to learn patience all over again. Um, so it feels like I've had to, you know, find my patience probably three times over in my career, in my life. I think that kids were having four kids being at homeschooling as well with my wife. I think patience was a key element that this has taught us. I, although I don't have it all the time, I know it's getting better and it's very hard to say that. Now, you've given some great tips for people that are looking at recruiting or in business in general. If you had someone take away two, three key points, Kylie, that you've shared through this podcast, what would they be for our listeners? What would two, three key points be? Look, relationships um, uh, are extremely important. And, you know, the, the value in, in relationships, you know, it's everything that I, I live for in my business, in, in my life. You know, it, it helps with um, communication. It helps with um, friendships. It helps with um, your business from a branding, repeat business, um, you know, from alliances. It's, as I said, relationships, are, I feel, are, are the strength, the investment into relationships, especially now um, going through these times and for anyone to position themselves in the best light for job success, career success, comes down to your relationships. So, you know, from a networking point of view, helping, supporting, um, just really leaning on your relationships is um is probably i know that's one thing but i've you know probably added a few things to that that's that's important and it's a law of reciprocity too if you give without expecting return when you ask someone for something because you need something they're more likely to reciprocate that favor as well and it's always nice having good relationships whether it be interpersonal at home whether it be work whether it be uh, placing people it's always nicer to do that and i got that a lot from your interview with energies and stuff like that on a scale of one to ten how much have you enjoyed this podcast 10 out of 10. Kylie, okay. <laughs> thank you very much for being on our podcast. Uh, the listeners definitely got a lot from it. I've enjoyed our time together and I've learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you. So have I. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you.